Welcome to the Wonderland. A podcast with coaches Amanda Jones and Alex Linares. Listen in as they drop down the rabbit hole to explore reality, suffering and awakening. Leave your worries and fears behind and get ready for a taste of the Wonderland. Welcome back to The Wonderland. This is episode 41, The Beautiful Melancholia. I love the effervescence and airy resonance of joy, but I also cherish the solemn and earthy vibration of melancholy. That's by Joan Tollison. I love that description of solemn and earthy vibration of melancholy. So I wrote about, I wrote a little blurb about this. It just kind of came out as these things do (laughs) Um, about this experience. So there is an experience noticed after the fire of self-identification burns away with all its attempts at improvement and correction. The way the fight to be someone was futile and painful and obscured the beauty and wonder already here. The longing for relevance and recognition feels like it folded in on itself so that simply the longing remains, but expanded and open and complete in itself. I want to pose a question and that is, can we see so clearly that everything Everything arises arises and dissolves over and over again, all by itself. The unseen belief that there is someone or something making it all happen or not happen is what hurts so much. It feels it feels here like the, the beautiful melancholia is is close to what is described by this excerpt talking about this recognition from someone called Kayla Lala that I read. A recognition of tales of woe or jubilation and how they can make a character feel, who believes in, is identified as, a sense of separate personal autonomy. A recognition engulfed and swallowed up with me, as me, as all, in this beautiful heartbeat of this unnameable, vibrant aliveness, this intimacy of experience, and a response to what appears. Impersonally listens, problem solves, figures things out, but all the time it's like a story, an all-inclusive story with all the celluloid heroes. It's all serious and real and at the same time not. And not that there is or that there isn't anyone to be in some kind of enduring, untouched, permanent place or exalted state. She is the program bundles of neurons, a fiction within fiction. Everything that has ever been or not been, culminating in this very moment without pretense. So there's more to that that I'm going to read in a moment, but I wanted to ask you what your sense of this this melancholy this this kind of sweet absence of 
chasing after the highs of experience and pushing away the lows and what is kind of in that silent space. Hmm. I love this because it's so hard to put to words. But as you've read that, it it helped me clarify something. I was like furiously writing notes on the side because um, I think we we talk about this experience of, of being alive as this survival battle, right? We've created this narrative of like cells that had to fight and, you know, eat each other and and win land. And, you know, there's this very aggressive, violent landscape to survival. And that has felt like such a big story for me in the past few years. Um, you know, even in, in like scientifically and biologically, we have all these stories of battles. And what I've realized in the past few months or, yeah, a few months is that Life is not that. Life isn't a fight for survival. Life is really um, an affinity for aliveness, for experiencing, for movement, for dance. And, and to me, that is that the, the softer, um, that it's still felt, it is still very obvious, it's evident, is undeniable, but it's not, it's not that, that battle. It is that melancholic feeling of, of uh, expansion, I guess. That's so hard to put words to, but that's, that's what I, that's how it feels in my body um, to, to move away from, from that aggressive story of, of survival. Yeah. That's kind of what I was what I was writing earlier about was this after this self-identification which means I believe who I think I am and who I should be. When that burns away either all at once or very slowly what also burns away is all the attempts at improvement and correction which you could be which could be synonymous with war. Mm-hmm. The battle, the fight, the fight to be someone specifically. Um, she goes on to say, everything shines as love. Children's joyful, playful voices. Bitchy lady, off tune. Fear, shame, grief. And you have to play by certain rules. These voices, happy, nurturing, amazed voices. Bird singing voices with no thoughts of being heard. They are all the songs of love dancing as the flames of the all-consuming fire that burns everything but cannot burn itself. And she can't help reacting exactly as she does, feeling it all deeply, as if it's real, a thousand kisses deep, with no one there to know any reality or truth at all. This is the beautiful melancholia. The word that popped up for me as you were reading that last part was the idea of purpose, Mm -hmm. right? Like there is this underlying um, um, thing we're moving towards, right? That, That we learn that we need to move towards, which is 
doing things for a purpose, for an outcome, for a result. And once you realize how unknowable <laughs> the that is, like what what is a result? Where do we decide that the result happens, right? Is it when we retire when we're 65? Is it when we have the the kids? Is it Nobody's when the kids really go- specifically told us the exact one. <laughs> No. Yeah. And, and then, and then, but we still feel like there is so that there's some purpose to everything that we're doing. And once we start realizing that those are arbitrary markers in this perceived timeline, I think that's part of what begins to loosen up that, um, and, and there will be moments that feel like striving and moving towards and, and wanting and desire within the landscape of what 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 is it for like yeah, just like yeah. what is what is the point what is the point in the best connotation possible yeah that's that's what i felt writing this about when the longing for relevance and recognition and just like you said the 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 goal met the purpose has been met when that kind of folds in on itself as not being a thing, an actual experience, the longing remains. But it's purposeless longing. It's expanded and open and already complete in itself, which is kind of a paradox, right? How can longing be already complete in itself? But that's the, that's the wonderland. That's, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think of just as we're breathing in and out, you know, taking an inhale and exhale, that moment in between that we're not breathing, there is long, there's a bit of longing there for the next breath. Mm-hmm. It's that simple. Yeah. I've been really feeling this. Well, I, I, I can tell my mind is trying to label it and it's using beautiful melancholia to label it but there seems to be a this sense of just silence just this whereas before that looked like it really needed to be filled in mm-hmm. and the, the the filling in was of memory of projection of something. And I think it is tied to that falling away of identification with this creation of a me in its particular unique qualities, which is not the enemy, but the, but the belief in it, the identification of it, I think is what um, drives the engine of seeking in a way that can never be fulfilled. Again, there's that longing that is already complete in itself. It was only ever a story of an imaginary character. Mm-hmm. So beautiful, but so painful when believed. So I think the exploration here, as I see it, is one of simplicity of noticing there is no division or separation. And that just means 
that it's obvious to everybody listening here that everything appears by itself. Everything is self-arising. Thoughts, feelings, actions, colors, sounds, everything. That's what no separation, no division means. Even the thought of a me as a victim of what appears arises by itself. It feels like taking your hands off the steering wheel that was never connected to the tires. But this melancholia is neither positive or negative, but it encompasses all feelings with abandon. Finally feeling all that arises with no imaginary boundaries needing to be drawn. What I, what I hear and what I, how would it describe it from how it shows up for me, it's that there was something in me, there's still something in me that, that wanted to understand, that wanted the explanation, that wanted, you know, the, the details. And through experience, through what I've seen, through what I've lived, it's really realizing that the, the, the magnitude of what we experience moment to moment, everything that has to collide moment to moment to create our experience is so vast and so unknowable that the best thing I can do is just sit back mm-hmm. and and just observe it. And in that diffused observation of what's arising, I get the sense that I see a lot more than when I'm focused on it, hyper-focused on the reason or where it came from. And and that that has become an enjoyable mm-hmm. <laughs> process. And I and I don't think it is for everyone. I think that that realizing that that steering wheel is not attached to the wheels at all. Um even when we kind of get a sense for that, we're still kind of clutching on there because it it gives us something to do. Um, so I, I think it is part of of just little by little realizing not the futility of it, but that we're not getting anything out of it, that nothing in us is getting anything out of it. And then that kind of begins to settle into yeah. that loosening of that grip and then eventually just kind of throwing your hands up in the air yes and added to that there's a there's a beautiful recognition that you never you you've never gotten anything out of it Mm -hmm. there's never there's it's not just starting now that you're not getting anything out of it it's it's always been this way yeah and that i think is a recognition that can help um loosen the grip in a more in a natural way and in a way that is logical and makes sense to the mind instead of seeing this as something now to try to do to make new it's kind of going backwards and seeing how this has always been the case now i'll i'll share something that just came to mind um so um last year i was um I'm, I live in Florida, so I'm not used to the snow at all. 
Um, but I was visiting up north, uh, a, a few friends, and I got stuck in an insane snowstorm up in the mountains. That. And this is kind of what what it, that became a pointer for me was that there was, we saw the storm coming and I was like, okay, we should plan. We should have this. We should have that. Should we leave? Should we not, you know, there's all this noise. And then there was this next stage of like, oh, it's, it's coming down and we probably should have left, but we didn't. And, and then there was tension there. And it got to the point where we were like up in a mountain stuck. Like there was no denying that. And the peace that fell over us as a group, once we said, hey, we're stuck on a mountain, there's a lot of snow. <laughs> that is like what became kind of a reference point for this these moments where I'm like, there is absolutely nothing that I can do in this moment, in this specific second. And then something will arise, an idea, a movement towards, a phone call, a message, something will arise. But in this specific moment, there's nothing to be done. And being able to settle into the piece of that is to me what that that this feeling that we're pointing towards um feels like yes it's the absence of of this urgy belief of what can i do what can i do what can i do it it reminds me of this you mentioned snow how snow creates this silence because it it inhibits the vibration of the air and so it, you know if a snowy place has this has this eerie, calm silence to it. Mm-hmm. It 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 tamps down all the all the noises around that are traveling in the atmosphere. Yeah. So I wanna I wanna end end with a a quote by Victoria Lovett. As she was writing her life story, she fell into the book, tripped on the corner of a page, falling head over heels. Couldn't remember how to get out as each page was so intriguing. It was as if the space between the letters were the longing. It took her breath away. The turning of the pages hypnotized her, and chapter after chapter was so dramatic. She lost her place trying to find where she left off. The kiss, the fire, the look in his eyes, the smile on her child's face, the color of the ocean on a stormy day, the tender feeling of a touch, the unbelievable thrill of the dance flowing to the rhythms of the music, and the love, oh, the love, lost at sea in an ocean of words in a book called Life and Imaginary Separation. This has been The Wonderland Podcast. If you'd like to explore further with Amanda or Alex, visit Amanda's website at uncoverispace.com or Alex's website at kanemacoaching.com. <laughs>